0: Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 57. Uh, This episode is going to deal with uh, Will there ever be a president as such a great man as General Washington? As any American schoolchild knows, George Washington was a hero, even in his own time. His military leadership in the Revolutionary War made him first in war, his unanimous election as presiding officer of the Constitutional Convention and as President of the United States just as clearly marked him as first in peace, a folk hero who, whose uh, overall feel was well underway in his own lifetime. He was certainly first in the hearts of his countrymen. Americans' immediate need for such a national hero arose from the fact that the nation sprang into being almost before the time to acquire its own history. With astounding and astonishing energy and ingenuity, the founding generation set about creating the institutions, constitution, federal government, judicial system, and even political parties, that would make the country unique and operate. What is more impressive is the speed and effectiveness with which they conjured up the symbols that would represent it so well. A flag, a national anthem, and a seal, mottos and myths, legends and traditions. Even a capital city and a capital. The same generation indeed The same individuals who, figuratively, laid the cornerstone of the nation, literally laid the cornerstone of the new capital. And Washington was both symbol and driving force behind everything. For later generations, though, even more than his own, Washington was as much a myth as man, as much monument as human being. His name is spread across the land, attached to one state, nine cities, including the nation's capital. On them all, there's the Washington National Monument, designed by Robert Mills. It soars some 555 feet high, the tallest structure in the world when it was completed in 1884, and still towering today above the memorials to Lincoln and Jefferson. Washington was the first president depicted in the granite on Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And in 1901, he was the only unanimous choice of the judges for the Stationary Hall of Fame, New York's university tribute to all great Americans. So it is very, in this veneration, that has made it so difficult to identify the flesh-and-blood Washington that we would love to touch. What gave him his peculiar appeal was not so much intellectual achievement or even book-learning as it was character, an unflinching belief in principles and a devotion to virtue. Despite his great height, at least six feet tall, back in the 18th century. John Adams said he was always the tallest man in the room. Noble Carriage and Solomon Visage all captured in Emanuel Letzig's sketch for his monumental painting, Washington Crossing the Delaware. Washington was described by contemporaries in terms of character and intellect, not physical appearance. Adams wrote to his wife Abigail of him, The liberties of America depend upon him in a great degree. Jefferson observed that the key to his character was prudence, followed closely by integrity, honesty, and a stern sense of justice. Here was a man who, in his own person, demonstrated the soundness of America, what he wanted it to be. He was a good man, not a demigod, though, an honest administrator, not a brilliant statesman a military man but never a militarist as a man washington was touchingly proud of the united states proud <coughs> excuse me proud that his country was given the historic chance of becoming a model of religious and political freedom where the government gives bigotry no sanction to persecution no assistance He was an exceptional man. It is with reason that he has become so merged with America, the term America, that his is the most prominent name in all of our land. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing off. Thanks for listening.